There was a 2020 special on the Daybell case, and Adam Cox, who is Lori Daybell's brother, along with Alex Cox's brother, was featured in it. And there were a few new little details in the story. So Adam opens up and says, our family is nothing the way it used to be. You don't know who to trust. He says, who's saying what, what actually happened? Some family members believe one thing and other family members believe another thing. But he did say that his mom and Lori's mom, Janice Cox, has talked to Lori and said that there's really no effect on her uh, since she's been in jail. She says it's the same Lori that she's always been. And they talked about the relationships between Lori and Alex. And Adam describes it. He says, Alex is more of a loner kind of a guy. He says he didn't have a lot of friends. And when Lori invited him over to the house, he was always willing to go and be there for her. And he said, Alex had the most talent out of the family. If he had any ambition, Adam thinks that he could have gone to Vegas, made a million dollars a year doing impersonations. He said he made a lot of people laugh. Oh, father, afraid of a mouse. Oh, the shame of it all. It's more than one of my tender years. Can pick Bugs Bunny and Beaky Buzzard. And what are you looking for, Dad? Oh, uh, it uh, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Is, uh, All right, Doc, you got me, but uh, you better let me freshen up a bit, first, huh? Da -da 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 -da. A buzzard is two-faced. A gonial thing that'll lead you the same. Da -da -da. Porky Pig! I think that's all. He says Alex tried stand-up, but it didn't work out because he didn't really work on his craft. For the most part, we know that Alex wasn't married, he didn't have a family of his own, and he didn't have a lot of friends to do stuff with. So there were some few clips about Lori and how she had this dramatic turn in her life and she was an ideal mother and wife and sister and daughter, except things just changed. Janice says she's beautiful, sweet, kind, and she's generous almost to a fault. But she became unrecognizable to others around her. Adam actually said he pictured her with more of a quarterback kind of husband that's going to make it pro, he says, but she went the other way and she and he doesn't know why. But when Lori was 18 or 19, she got married, so right after graduation. And it's funny, and not in the funny, funny way, but it's funny because Adam said, everybody said, who are you marrying? And Janice, Lori's mom, talked about how her first husband wasn't her favorite. And Lori's dad said, you're not getting married. You don't know what you're doing. But Lori went ahead and got married. And shortly after, Alex went and got married after high school as well. They touched on, and I did this in a previous video, but they touched on how Alex's first wife, her name was Debbie, and she talked about how Alex and Lori had this weird close relationship, the kind that made people uncomfortable. And she talked about them simulating acts that were inappropriate, like picking her up and putting her legs around him and bouncing her up and down to simulate, you know, some things that brothers and sisters shouldn't be simulating. And we know in the past that Alex described Lori as hot, which 
aren't typical for a brother and sister, and they talked about that on 2020. Debbie said she knew that she made a big mistake with Alex, and she got out. And Alex stayed single for many, many years, up until, well, we know when he got married to Zulema right before he died. But Lori got married again and again and again and again and again. They talked briefly about Lori marrying a second time, which then she had Colby and then her third marriage to Joseph Ryan and had their little daughter, Tylee. But the marriage got nasty and there was a bitter divorce, to say the least. And there were allegations against Joseph Ryan. Now, they didn't go into detail about that. They talked more about Alex getting involved with this situation and attempted to take Joe's life. He tasered Joseph several times and then Alex, you know, end up in jail. But they did talk about how this is a recurring theme with Alex and Lori. When Lori needs help, Alex comes to the rescue. But this is interesting. They talked about Alex working a series of jobs. They said he cleaned porta potties and he drove a truck, which we knew, and then the stand-up comedy bit we knew. He was described as a kid that never fully launches. Now in comes hubby number four, Charles Vallow. We know that Charles and Lori got married in Vegas and it described Lori saying she was seen as manipulative and Lori's good at getting what she wants. So it is a little bit interesting here because we do see the manipulation with Lori over and over, right? But it's interesting how everybody, their perception of her is such a great person, but yet now we're seeing people also say, but she's manipulative and Lori, um, she's good at getting what she wants. There's that opposite. Adam in the show talks about the situation and he says, I think it's one of those things they're trying to work through, but there's still more to the story and it doesn't feel right yet. Back to Charles and Lori. In 2006, they got married in Vegas. Janice says, Charles Vallow to me was the best of Lori's husbands. We all liked him. April Raymond was also in the show. She used to be Lori's friend and she said that she thought Charles was a great husband and adored Lori. He would go out of his way to make her comfortable and happy. Janice talked about Alex and Charles and said that they were very good friends and they loved each other. When it came to Tylee, Janice said, Tylee's the dearest, dearest little girl. She has a tough exterior, but she's got a marshmallow heart. When it came to JJ, Adam said, JJ was so smart. He said, every time I went and visited him, he just got smarter and smarter. And Janice then goes back to Charles, talks about how Lori's been a member her whole life with uh, the church and Charles joined the church as well. And for 14 plus years, the show was talking about how the marriage between Lori and Charles seemed to work until it started to spiral. April again talked about a new group that Lori was involved with and became, you know, her focus. We've heard April say that several times. One of the things that Adam said, which is very interesting when he talked about Lori, was a conversation he had with her. And he said, one thing she told me was that when she was in the temple, she said she saw Jesus Christ face to face and she talked to him. 
He says, and I thought that was an odd thing to say. Then we were standing in her kitchen and she said that she was turning into a translated being. And Adam says, and I was like, what do you mean you're turning into a translated being? And she said, I don't have to eat anymore. And if someone shot me with a gun and the bullet wouldn't even go through me. Side note, I've been saying this because uh, she says she doesn't have to eat anymore. So I feel like it's like, well, if you're a translated being, Lori, and you're in jail, show me that you can't eat anymore or don't have to. Adam looks at her and says, I looked at her and she looked at me and I was like, Lori, what you're saying is not true. This is nonsense. And she goes, you think I'm crazy, don't you? He says, I was like, I don't know if you're crazy, but what you're telling me is not normal. And this is not happening to you. And then he said, from that point on, Lori tried to cut off everything from him. And he was surprised by that. So Adam goes to his mom and says, look, Lori's saying some crazy stuff. We got to do something. And Janice says, well, she's never said anything to me like that. And Adam said that he was really worried about Lori. And Janice says that Adam told her that he was really worried about Lori. She said it wasn't anything specific, but said, mom, don't you think that Lori has some crazy beliefs? And she says, no, I talk to her all the time. She doesn't have crazy beliefs. She's just taking care of JJ and she's just living a normal life. But Lori would consume those last few years, podcasts and books. And she would say that she could talk to spirits from the other side. Now, we've heard Chad Daybell talk about that. He was talking about Lucille. And Lucille was Tammy's grandmother. And he said every year that Lucille would talk to him on her birthday, which is the same day that JJ died. In and around plus or minus one day. I believe it's the same day. Now, they talked about... Chad being an author and he believed that the end of the world was coming soon. In fact, they thought it was July of 2020. And Chad had two near-death experiences and believed that those experiences have lifted a veil and he can see this impending second coming of Christ. And April called Lori a super fan of Chad's books. And Adam said that Lori encouraged Alex to become a super fan too. He read the books. Adam said that he has a ton of time because he was a trucker. And so he listened hours and hours to these podcasts and books. And he said somehow Lori got Alex to do that. And in the show, they described Chad as fringe. And they said Chad would show up at these conferences and talk about the end of the world and sell his books at a book table. And he had a powerful influence over a small group of people, including Lori. Adam called it the perfect storm. Then they go on to 2018 to St. George, Utah. That's where Chad spoke and that's where Lori met Chad in person at a Preparing a People event. And she tagged along with Melanie Gibb and they went down there. Now, I'm not going to get into this too much because I do have another video on that. But once they met, sparks were flying. And so he decided to write a little story. And he changed the names to James and Elena. But he wrote it and it was described as an almost sophomoric fumbling first experience with lust. I would agree. And most of you would agree. Here's the little excerpt. Their spirits could not be restrained any longer, and a long-awaited makeout session took place. This was manifest in the mortal world to James and Elena through the scientific phenomenon of loin fire. 
Check out the video below or at the end of this video. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And I read out the spicy texts. It's interesting. This is the other quote in the movie. It really is so juvenile. This reads like something that should be hidden under a mattress by a 17-year-old. Now, Charles finds out about this little tryst. And Janice says, I know she did tell me one time that Charles is accusing her of having an affair with Chad Daybell. So Lori hopped a plane, went to go see April, told her that she's there to gather her as part of the 144,000 and April said you know what that didn't connect with me on any level it's too far out there and she said she felt like she had to distance herself from Lori at that point that would have been around February of 2019 so then Lori which we know she likes to project accuses Charles of having an affair and then she canceled his flight took the truck hit it from where it was supposed to be at the airport when he came back. He flew in and he was supposed to, you know, go to his truck, but it was gone. Gets home, the clothes are gone, including his underwear, and it was just nasty. And she stole a bunch of money. And April says, she told me she's a being that lived on several worlds. It was very much like a self-deification, elevating herself above everybody else. And Janice one day gets a phone call from Charles saying, Lori's crazy, she's gone crazy. Charles gets that court order that we know, and he requested a mandatory psych eval, and she goes and gets that, and a few hours later, she's discharged. Adam said that Charles actually told him that he and Lori were in the bathtub talking, and he said Lori told Charles she was married to Nephi, who was a prophet in the Book of Mormon, saying the weirdest things and saying she's losing her mind, and Adam said he knew something wasn't right. Now, Lori's divorce attorney, he came on and said, never in my decades of a career did I have anybody say something so specific as I'm afraid I'm going to be murdered and that Lori was going to have him killed and that he was in the way and there was an angel that would dispose of his body after this took place. And he was adamant that if he was killed, that Lori did it. But... Charles backs off from getting a divorce for a while. Things were a little calmer. And Lori starts to say she wants a divorce and tells her family, don't speak to Charles. I don't want anybody to communicate with him anymore. She just wants it to be cut off. And so Charles talks to Adam. And I mean, Charles was in their lives for over 15 years or almost 15 years married and however long that they were dating before. So Charles texts Adam saying, you know, help. 
Adam agrees to come to Arizona and Charles says, look, I'm at the end of my rope and I don't know what else to do. So they communicate back and forth and figure out like, how are we going to you know, do this? And they decide to kind of hold an intervention. So Charles said, you're the closest one to her, like help. So Adam's plan was to come and try and intervene and hold this intervention. And so he calls his brother, Alex, and says, hey, I'm coming to town. Let me stay at your house. And Alex said, yeah, that'd be great. But Lori gets tipped off, and I believe it was Summer Shiflet, about the intervention. So Adam keeps texting and calling Alex, but there's no answer. He calls five to six times, no answer, and Alex wouldn't even return texts. So Lori texts Alex and says, I'm going to need you to stay close by me. Thank you for standing by me. It's all coming to a head this week. This is right before Charles dies. In the morning of Charles's murder, Adam gets a text from Charles at 7 a.m. Hey, I'm here to pick up JJ and Alex's truck is at Lori's. And Adam says, you know what? He says he starts to put two and two together, like Alex is avoiding me, he's not answering my text, I didn't stay at his house last night, and he's spending the night at Lori's. Something doesn't feel right. Then Charles is murdered, and Adam believes that Alex didn't do CPR, as well as 99.9% of the rest of us. And they talk about the oddities, like on body cam. It's weird because all Alex is doing is talking about how hot it is and asking the cops like, wow, you know, look how many layers you guys have on. Another oddity that Lori's not there when the cops arrive and she actually left and then comes back and then takes JJ, when she leaves, takes JJ to go get Burger King. Plus, she went to a Walgreens or Walmart, one of the two, Walgreens, Walmart, to go get flip-flops on uh, because we do see in the scene where Charles was murdered, we do see some flip-flops there. So maybe she just ran out of the house and needed to get some shoes. So she went and did that. As the authority said, and as the special said, Lori was quite composed and there was no huge outwardly sign of emotional distress no tears, and they seem pretty put together, meaning both Tylee and Lori. Now, Lori had 40, 40 minutes, 45 minutes of a drive, I believe it was, to chit-chat with Tylee and let her know what needs to be happening. That's what I believe is Lori told her exactly what she needed to do to obey her mom. So they went to the police station, Tylee and Lori in one vehicle, and Alex was driven separately in the other and they outline their story of self-defense and they're sticking to their story. Lori's the victim, Alex is the protector. And rinse and repeat. So detectives start piecing things together little by little. According to Lori, she's saying it all started by a cell phone. Charles forgot it in the house and came back to grab it and she said that he was extremely mad and she never saw him like that before. They said Tylee came out of her room with the bat and circled around them and stood beside Lori. Alex said Charles ripped the bat out of Tylee's hand and he saw Charles go after Tylee and Lori, so he grabbed Charles from behind and he said Charles just kept coming with the bat. So Alex then went to his room, grabbed a gun, and then came back and shot Charles in self-defense. 
But Adam on the show said he didn't believe it one bit. And Janice said, well, Alex told me he didn't have any other choice. He said, mom, I feel terrible, but I'd do anything to protect Lori entirely. And Adam said, you know, when Charles died, the way the family said was Charles tried to hurt Tylee and Alex protected her, and that's the story. And the family considered Alex a hero. He said, all the things that Charles told me were true, and it's unfortunate that everyone else shut him out. They talked about more inconsistencies the day Charles was murdered, including the physical evidence where Alex said he shot Charles a couple times standing up, but they found that he shot him, and then while he was laying on the ground, he shot him again. Then you can hear Adam's voice, and it says, why would Alex be at Lori's anyways, and why would he have a gun in the house? And Alex is an expert shooter. He's got tons of guns. He goes shooting all the time. He knows how to kill somebody. He says, I'm telling you, there's something wrong about Lori and Alex and this belief that they have. He says, my theory is that Lori and Alex got together and that they shot him. I don't even think that there was a fight or anything. And after Charles was killed, Adam says, and we thought, are we in trouble? Are we in danger? Why is Alex going on a killing spree with their family? Whatever plan they had, I really believe they thought they were going to get away with it. He says, even if we did know what was going to happen, how do we stop it? What do you do? He says, I was in shock after Charles died. It's one of those things that nothing makes sense. And Adam says he thinks that both Chad and Lori planned to kill both of their spouses for money and use it for the mission. And here's something that is really sad when you think about it, and I know most of you have, but he says, if Lori and Alex would have been arrested right then and there, for killing Charles, I think some of these things could have been prevented. I think all of it could have been stopped. And so sad because we saw the discrepancies. We also saw Alex walk out of the house after supposedly doing CPR and no blood on him at all with a little boo-boo on his back head. And all of their demeanor was very, very strange. I don't know what happened. One of the detectives was on who was there that day said, when we were finished with the search warrant and we left, that's the last contact we ever had with them. Well, Charles died on July 11th. Lori left on August 31st. So to me, that's another six weeks. I don't know. It's frustrating, isn't it? Adam talked about this and he said, Lori's mindset was off. It was definitely off. My family cut me off like probably the most alone I ever felt in my life. That feeling will never leave me. He said, you know, when you have a family that you used to have a great life with and think that they loved you and you know respected you, to have them cut you off, it's tough. And he was choking back tears, so sad. They did a little clip of Chad talking about living in Rexburg. He moved from Utah to Rexburg after having his spiritual calling. And he said, a voice told me you're going to live here soon and I was shocked actually I had no idea I was gonna move and that's a lot of what this group is for to begin the great gathering in this area he talked about this in his blog I read it like two I think it might have been two years ago now as I said August 31st is when Lori moved to Rexburg with JJ and Tylee. That's when Kay and Larry had that 35 second phone call with JJ and then it just dropped and they never saw or heard from him ever again. Then it came to Tylee's turn on September 8th 
and she took a trip with Alex and Lori and JJ to Yellowstone Park and Tylee was never seen again. And then a few weeks after that, it was JJ's turn. And we know that Lori was talking about JJ being a zombie. And in October, just after JJ, was Brandon's turn. And Lori sent a text to Chad about getting rid of bad spirits at Melanie Boudreaux's house. And Chad said he's working on it, but first he has to clear the evil spirits created by Brandon. Adam says, I was told do not talk to Brandon. Melanie and Brandon are getting a divorce. Cut him off. And I was like, he's family. I know Brandon. I love him. So I was the only one who talked to Brandon. And because I talked to Brandon, everybody got mad at me and was cutting me off. So when Brandon told me I just got shot at, I said, what? So Brandon was shot at in October and his window shattered and then the shooter drove off. We know that that shooter was Alex Cox. And Brandon only lived there for one week, and the only people that knew where Brandon lived was Melanie and some of Brandon's friends. And on body cam, the officer said, is there, you know, do you have any enemies? And he said, well, I just went through a divorce and some crazy stuff that happened with her aunt that killed her husband, but I hope that doesn't have anything to do with this. Now, interesting there in October for him to say that, and he believed and knew that Lori killed Charles and that was before any of the announcements that that happened. It was a slow go on that investigation. And when Brandon came home that morning, he saw someone reach in the back and shot at his car and it struck the driver's side window, went over his head and just missed by inches. Brandon believes that he was shot at for his $1 million policy, just like Lori. And Melanie was the beneficiary. But it's interesting that they didn't talk a lot about Melanie in this special at all, but they did say how Melanie wasn't considered a suspect in it or responsible for it. And Adam says, why is Alex going on a killing spree with our family? He says, I'm convinced Alex is the one that took a shot at Brandon, which turns out to be correct. They found evidence in the Jeep. This is what happened on September 25th, so a week before, Alex gets the Jeep of Charles's. He goes and gets the windows tinted. And Tylee was the one who would drive that vehicle. The 26th, Alex activates a burner phone. On the 28th, Alex goes to a gun club and he, you know, practices at the shooting range. The 30th, the Jeep is traveling on the I-15 southbound towards Arizona. October 1st, the Jeep is traveling again and Alex and Chad are communicating on throwaway phones. That's the same day Lori rents herself a unit at Rexburg. And Alex then searches for Brandon's new rental address. As I said, guess where you get that from? And he parked there for two hours. He calls and texts with Chad and Lori in the meantime. Brandon then arrives and he takes the shot and then the Jeep leaves. That same day, back in Rexburg, Lori and Chad are on camera and they're moving the tire into the storage unit. And there was a lot of chitter chatter because Alex and Chad were chit-chatting away through the day by phone. And Lori goes to the internet and decides to type in searches for a man shot in Gilbert, Arizona. How would she know? Then the next day, Lori and Alex are seen removing the tire 
from the storage unit. And Alex's DNA was found in the Jeep and, a, and gunshot residue also by the back of the Jeep. It said on the 2020 special, Arizona took their findings and recommended charges on Alex, Lori, and Chad, and police didn't recommend charges on Melanie. Then it was Tammy's turn. And Julie Rowe was on the special just a little bit, and she said Tammy was a spitfire and had a mind of her own and wasn't easily walked on. But before Tammy dies, and while Chad's still married to Tammy, but, you know, cheating on her with Lori, he sends this text. Every few weeks I get to escape and have amazing adventures with my goddess lover, but then I have to return to my place under the stairs feeling trapped. But I sense permanent freedom is coming. Chad likes to confess his sins, so to speak, through texts. His permanent freedom obviously alluding to Tammy's death and the raccoon text alluding to Tylee Ryan and killing her and putting her in the pet cemetery. Tammy died in her sleep in 2019 and in October and the autopsy has not been publicly released yet. April Raymond was back on in the special and said Lori was storing medical supplies, storing food and water, all the things that you would need for the second coming. Now weird, I would like to know where did she store it? Because we haven't heard that yet. Then it goes back to Adam. He was asked, were you worried at this point? And he said, after we found out Charles was dead, we left Phoenix. We were scared to death and we thought we were in trouble. We are in danger, so we locked the doors. We didn't know what to think. We thought we would be killed for the next two months. All we did was lock our doors. I slept with a gun near my thing, thinking my brother could possibly come shoot us and kill us. Can you imagine that, having to fear? You lose your brother-in-law, you lose your niece and your nephew, and you're wondering if you're next and that the killer would be your brother. Then they talked about the quickie wedding and Alex's wedding and his death. Alex and Zulema got married um, just after Thanksgiving at the Chapel of Love. And Lori and Chad had encouraged Zulema and Alex to get married. And they said that Zulema paid for everything and coordinated it and the guy who did the wedding said that Alex was quiet. He didn't want flowers or pictures taken at his wedding. And remember, Alex took on Zulema's last name. Then on December 12th, that's when Alex died. Zulema's son, who's 25 years old, called 911 and didn't realize that Alex and Zulema were married. And they have one clip in there from Melanie and to me it's annoying, but you know, I guess after 150 videos it would be. Melanie says, I got a phone call from Zulema. I broke down and felt like I lost my best friend. How could I ever trust somebody like I trusted Alex? He was like a vault. There's been a lot of false claims that he's a hitman or the family killer and it couldn't be further than the truth. Alex has and had a big heart and he was a man of his word, a man of truth. Now it's said that Alex died of natural causes. A lot of people are questioning that, but that's what it says on his autopsy report. Now Janice says this, and it's interesting. She says, sadly regarding Alex and Zulema, I didn't know they were married until after he died. 
we had him cremated, which were his wishes. And we had a service for him and we didn't invite anyone to his service that believed he was a murderer. So it was a very small, precious group of us who loved him. Well, Lori didn't show up. She was in Hawaii. So then Zulema is shown on body cam after he died. And she says one day or two days before he passed, he said, Zulema, if anything happens to me, I want you to know that there is money in a bag in the closet and it's for you. She estimated it was between five to $7,000. She said back to Alex, don't say those things. Why would you say something like that? And he said, just in case. But maybe he meant jail. Maybe he didn't mean death. Or maybe he knew he was next. Let me know your thoughts on that one. When he said that was the day before he died. And that was also the day that Tammy's body was exhumed. Alex told Zulema, I think I'm being their fall guy. And she says in the body cam footage to the officer, a fall guy for what? Tell me, what is it that they're trying to pin on you? What did they do? And he says, either I am a man of God or I am not. Then KM Larry Woodcock do the press release about the kids being missing. They offer $20,000 reward. And by January 25th, that's when they found Lori. And she had five days to produce the kids. Obviously, she couldn't do that. And they had a little clip of Kate and Larry going to the uh, place that JJ last lived. Now, Adam says... It was hard to watch on TV to see how she was handling the whole thing and why in the world wouldn't you say where your kids are if something wasn't right. I had the same gut feeling in my stomach the same way I had the same gut feeling with Charles was killed. And I thought if she's not saying where the kids are, the kids are dead. Then Lori was arrested. She was first charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-supportive dependent children and held on a $5 million bond and those charges were dropped. And then a few days after her arrest, Chad was seen being interviewed by ABC, but they asked anything he'd like to say or want to say and he said, nope, just grateful for your support. We just have to wait for the legal process to work through. And he says, I gotta go. They talked about how Alex's phone pinged. It pinged at Lori's apartment on September 8th when the night Tylee died and then on Chad's property. And then it repeats again for the 22nd, the same for JJ. And Alex's cell phone then pings in Chad's backyard both times. And then they found the children in June. And Adam says, I know I went into shock again and thought why in the world would they kill the kids and bury them on Chad's property? It's heart-wrenching, it's emotional disaster. When you think about it, you get a sick feeling in your stomach that that could even happen. After the kids were found, the Cox family issued a statement. The Cox family is deeply saddened by the recent findings and the investigation into the whereabouts of JJ and Tylee. The family has maintained a strong hope and belief that they were alive and well. With that hope and belief apparently shattered, they struggled to find comfort and hope in this potential new reality. The family expresses their deep and abiding love for JJ and Tylee. In May 2021, Lori and Chad were charged with murder and Alex was named in the indictment as a co-conspirator. Chad pled not guilty and Lori hasn't pleaded yet. She is deemed incompetent, but hopefully soon we'll get the show on the road. Adam was asked, do you believe that Lori killed the kids? And Adam says, actually killing them? No, I believe Chad and Alex killed them. Alex and Lori are in this mindset that they're going to do this for God. And as Lori is telling Alex something and Alex believes it, and for Alex to kill them, 
He had to have been in that frame of mind that this is for the Lord, this is God's work, which doesn't make any sense to anybody watching right now, but I'm sure in their minds, that's the only way you could do it because I don't know how else anybody could do that. Adam said he keeps a bracelet on to remind himself of Tylee and JJ. And he said, all my memories of them are good. He talks about chasing JJ around and playing games with Tylee. He said, they're all good. Check out my most important videos on Lori Daybell and Chad Daybell right there and in the description box below. I have over 150 videos in the case, but that one is the most important. Please subscribe, please like, and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.